Welcome to the Wanting to Wealthy podcast, where we approach financial education in unconventional ways. My name is Ashley Hogan, and if you are looking for a different path to reach your financial goals, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Okay, so this month's podcast starts with a story. So I have mentioned several times throughout um, the podcast series as well as on my Instagram and stuff that um, I'm epically lucky when it comes to childcare because my parents, um, my dad, my stepmom are the ones that take care of my kiddos. So even during the pandemic, our routine didn't change a whole lot because we still saw each other. He didn't have any he didn't spend time with other kiddos, really, uh, not like a daycare situation or anything like that. So I still came to my parents' house, and they watched him while uh, I worked. And there's been situations, times, that it's been a little interesting. It was harder when I was working um, in person, uh, teaching in person, um, because of having to make the time to get to my parents' house, then get to campus, then come back um, to pick him up, and then go home. Um, and a lot of the pandemic has actually made it easier. Um, a couple weeks ago, my parents had about two weeks where they were working more than they normally would. My stepmom was having to do some mandatory overtime um, because their department was short, short-staffed, and two of the people in my dad's department were on vacation. So he was also doing overtime. So um, I basically didn't have access to them for about two weeks. And then shortly after that, um, we had a sudden death in the family. So they had um, taken grievance time off, but they still had extra um, people here. And so our routine with things like my son's nap time schedule and my trying to work when there were people from out of town and um, shifts and changes and things like that um, really gave me a deeper appreciation for what my parents do because and what my parents do for my son and I and because of um, my not having to pay for child care and I know that childcare is is um, a subject that I had to think about when I was um, choosing to to or when to have uh, a family um, because it's expensive, and that's what you hear is that you know kids are expensive, and so I did a little research and. The average family pays about $750 per child per month in the United States in how, in uh, child care alone, um, especially for kids under the age of five. That equates out to about 10% of the household income for a family that has more than one income and 34% for single parent income, um, which is astonishing it's huge 34 percent is about what you should max out how much you're spending on your housing let alone paying for your children to to be cared for by someone else so you can work and so I really looked at that when I was looking um at my 
childcare choices. And I've seen people in my life that have been stay-at-home parents. Um, I have one friend who she was a stay-at-home parent until both of her kids were in public school. And that was because the money that she was making was um, her entire paycheck were going to pay the daycare bill. And when that happened, um, she and her husband decided that it wasn't worth her leaving her children to make a paycheck to pay for somebody else to raise her kids, and especially when she could do um, uh, a cake decorating business in the process and have that experience and time with her kiddos. Um, but I know that not everybody gets that option. Um, I have a friend um, who is going to be a single parent, and she um, is looking at hiring an au pair, which I'll tell you what that is in a minute um but that's a financial thing we have to think about when we um choose or are chosen for us to become parents and how to choose what the right method is is really a personal um question and a lot of it comes down to um do one of you want to be a stay-at-home parent if you have two parents in your in your uh, family? Um, can you afford to be a stay-at-home parent? Can is there some sort of free childcare option you have available to you? Um, is there um, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? Can you take your kiddo to work? I know when I was in college, there was. Um, a place where I worked where uh, the office manager and one of the doctors both were able to take their small children to to work with them. So um, that was a unique situation. Um, Or if you aren't taking your kiddos to work, maybe you're in school. Can you take your kids to school? Um, When I teach, I always tell my uh, students that as long as the the kiddos are not a major distraction, bring them to class with you. So I remember when I was growing up, um, my mom was in school when I was like seven, eight, nine ish. And, um, we were able to bring these little bead kits that we had. The only problem was, is we were the major distraction because I dumped my bead kit over and the beads went all over the classroom floor, (laughs) um, at the school I now teach at, but, which is hilarious. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just do what you gotta do and, um, if you're not a parent, you've chosen not to be a parent, you, um, have had that choice made for you, whatever the situation may be, that I, I ask you to give the people with children grace. They're doing the best they can with the um, resources that they have available to them, and not everybody has the same resource availability. Um, I... I have, I, I've brought my own kiddo <laughs> to school with me. He's three, so he's a little more um, harder to handle now uh, for having him in the classroom. But at nine months old, he was in the classroom with me. Um, at five weeks old, he was in the classroom with me. And that was actually suggested to me by a dean that I worked under. She, she said that uh, one time she had her baby strapped to her um, in a Moby wrap and, um, 
was interviewing people. <laughs> and nobody even noticed that the baby was there until he started getting a little fussy. That was the only time. But it's from a parent standpoint, we have a choice that we have to make on how that's going to be addressed with our child care. From a uh, parental advocate standpoint, someone who's not a parent but can be an advocate for those that are, um, I've seen some really cool stuff where people have um, planes. Planes is where I see people do it the most. If somebody's got to travel with a kiddo or two, especially if they've got to travel by themselves, it's really cool to watch people um rally around that parent trying to get all of the things and the kiddos things and making sure everybody's cared for and uh, doing the best that they can to not interrupt you or disturb you because trust me the parent is very well aware that their kiddo is crying and doing their best not to um, have that situation uh, intervene with other people but but to do what you can to at least offer support um, for that parent. So I wanted to go through some pros and cons of um, traditional child care, of uh, a daycare type system. I wanted to go through maybe some different options. Um, and then uh, I have an idea for some more information for you guys. So um, we'll get into it. So what we call, what I'm going to call traditional child care is what's been traditional in the last, um, we'll say, 20, 30 years um, where we think of uh, a daycare of some sort. Um, traditionally, families rallied like throughout most of history you either had a nanny if you were wealthy or you um had a uh or or it was multi-generational living and partially it was a cost thing and partially it was grandma can watch the kiddos while mom and dad are working and um it'd be helpful and that's how it was for us um my on my mom's side i was uh mom was uh sick so she didn't work but we were there with her on my dad's side my dad and my stepmom did work but we live right behind my grandma so we had our chores to do in the mornings especially in the summertime and then we go up to my grandma's house for the day like that's what we did my grandmother watched us so um I'm going to give you pros and cons specifically about um, daycares. Okay. So one pro to a daycare is that there's a regular schedule and routine. There's a certain time typically that they're there. Um, they kind of know that routine. The kiddos do. So um, getting them up out of bed is a little easier. Getting them dressed is a little easier. Uh, things like that that – and we know that kids thrive off of routine. Um, so if they know that that's coming, it's not that much of a hard transition. Um, second to that is that there is uh, a potential academic advancement that kiddos who don't go to a daycare program don't really have, I'm going to say, unintentional access to because 
kiddos not in a daycare program can definitely have access to the same academic advancement, but it's going to be a more intentional thing on the part of the caregiver. So uh, what I mean by that is um, maybe learning shapes and colors, maybe learning numbers, uh, maybe learning interpersonal communications, um, maybe learning uh, problem-solving skills where they're more exposed to it in a multi-kid environment than someone who is, say, my child, um, uh, stay at home with a couple of adults, um, but not he doesn't see a ton of other children. Okay, so I have to make a more of an effort for his academic advancements. Um, so with that becomes increased confidence and communication. If they have other kids that they're communicating with regularly, and that's both good communication and bad communication that becomes a problem-solving situation, um, they get exposure to that earlier than um, than kids who don't uh, go to a traditional daycare situation. Um, so with that again, it's going to be socialization. They they have more interpersonal communication skills and social skills than kiddos who may not go out as often. Um, I make a point that when I go to the grocery store, I take my son now because he doesn't have a ton of extra communication uh, and socialization. So this gives him a chance to be around other people. We go to the park, things like that. But again, I have to make a more concerted effort um, to do that. Uh, another positive is that there can be a smoother transition uh, to a public school setting because they already understand the idea of of the routine within a schoolroom. Um, it is not as relevant if the child is going to be homeschooled or unschooled, um, though it could be if they're in a homeschooling pod, for example. Um, if you want me to talk about different types of schooling in early elementary, I'm happy to do that. Um, send me a DM on Instagram at wanting to wealthy to let me know if that's something you guys would be interested in. Um, there, the kiddos who go to a daycare setting uh, can be more independent, uh, especially if they're an only child, uh, than someone who's used to having an adult be there to essentially help them. Um, and then, and then increased immunity. And I looked a lot on this because my perception of the immunity thing is that, like for example, my sister's kids were close uh, to us um, prior to the pandemic and I, they always they're they're a few years older than my son and they always seem to be sick they always seem to be coming home with some sort of bug but um, I did link in the in the show notes there's been several studies that say that kiddos who are exposed to this kind of um, environment do end up with a higher immunity because uh, of, of various things, but some of it was just the exposure to other people. Some of it was the fact that not all the cleaning gets done as well, maybe as it should or could have been. So um, there's cross-contamination, which of course can also be a con too. So I will add that in uh, as I start the con list is the illness is a con. The kids will be sick more often. My son has had 
one cold and a couple of ear infections in almost three years. However, he has about four kids he hangs out with regularly. He's had one-offs with, with various other kids, but really it's it's just a couple, and these kids are all homeschooled, so he's not getting um, a lot of exposure to extra germs and stuff, and consequently he just hasn't been sick. Now, with that, I know as he interacts with more people, that's likely to happen. I hope that COVID has taught us to um, keep our kids home when we're sick, when they're sick, and um, better hand washing and better toy washing and things like that. But um, that's just my hope. <laughs> um, another obvious con is that these types of child care uh choices are are expensive they're really high in cost especially once you start going after uh more than one kid like it just gets expensive um they could pick up behaviors maybe from other kids um another con that i noticed while i was doing my research for this podcast episode was that um a lot of times the child to caregiver ratio is pretty high and so they um, may pick up a behavior that's just not being corrected uh, as quickly as it would be at home or not being seen at all. Um, another con is that you're going to have less quality time with your kids because they're, they're in that um, care and therefore you may miss milestones, especially when they're really little. Um, you may miss the milestones uh, as they are um, – as they're growing. Uh, another one that I noticed a lot is really inflexible hours. So if you have anything besides a traditional like nine to five job, um, this might not be a, a care option that's even possible for you because of um, those inflexible hours, including holiday closures. Many, many places like retail stores and factories and things don't close on holidays. So you may have to work, but you won't have a place to put your kiddo uh, or kiddos. Um, maybe you're a night nurse, maybe you, uh, like my parents work a four-on, four-off rotating shift, and two are day shifts and two are night shifts. So it becomes, it, it, it is a con in that it completely removes it as a possibility for you as a form of child care if they don't have flexible hours, um, which is pretty often. So what are our options? Um, and I'm going to give you first traditional options, what I would call traditional options, and then maybe some different types of options. So um, option one is you work a job to pay for the daycare. So, uh, and that's a personal choice. Some of us um, definitely don't want that. Some of us don't definitely don't want to be stay-at-home parents. So you have to decide where you fall within that spectrum and do what works best for you and your family. Um, another podcast I listen to a lot is called Simple Families. Um, the hostess there is Danae Barhona, and she talks about um, the amount of time you spend with your kids and um, how much 
time is a good amount to still be a good quality parent. And some people, 24-7 is completely fine. Some people, five or six hours after you've worked a full day and they've been at daycare all day and it's just the time for play, bedtime, and and uh, dinner is plenty. It's what works best for you and your family. So you could work a job and pay for the child care. Um, you could have a family member or a friend do it. So in my case, it's my parents. Um, and when I was a kid, it was my grandmother. Um, I know people who have friends take care of their kiddos. Um, my sister's child care was actually an in-home. Um, the gal would come to her house and take care of her kids. That's an option. Um, pods are another great way to do that. So what a pod is in this example is say there's several of you. So I have two friends whose kids uh, are a little bit older than my son, but if they were all below um, school age, for, uh, for example, one of the three of us could could have all six of the children or all five of the children. Um, and the other two of us, can work. And what that does is it creates a situation where the two that are working can then pay some to the person who is watching not only her kids, but the other two people's kids. So then you have the resources to share and work together um, to take care of the kiddos. Um, Another option would be to be a stay-at-home parent. Make that choice um, to be a stay-at-home parent. Another option is nannies, uh, having a nanny either come live with you or come be with your child uh, specifically. Um, And uh, another option would be an au pair. And what an au pair is, is it is someone who's coming from a different country who who helps with housework, child care, so on and so forth, uh, in exchange for room and board. Um, So... If you think about it, kind of like a foreign exchange student, but they're they're here specifically to help you with um, with your kiddo, uh, and you are a host family. So I'll put in a link for that as well. Um, so now some different options, some options you may not have thought about. So a lot of times when we are paying for child care, um, it's because we have a certain lifestyle that we've decided that we have to, need to, want to live in, and we have costs associated with that lifestyle. So um, my first option as a, quote, different option for you is to minimize your stuff so you can downsize. So think for a second. If... You live in a four-bedroom house right now, and you have one child. What would your life look like if you got rid of, say, 25% of your things, minimum, and moved into a three-bedroom house? How much money would you save every month? And if you saved that, would you still have to work outside the home? Another idea is to live off of less income. So if um, 
I have another friend that I know. Um, she was laid off when she was pregnant. And her and her husband were used to living off of two manager pro, uh, manager wages. They were both managers. Re, uh, they were both retail managers. Um, and they made the choice when she was pregnant and she was laid off that she was just not going to go back to work. They were just going to live off of half the income. And so they prepared themselves to do that, and they lived off of half the income Um and now their son is 10, but that makes a huge difference in how they raise their kiddo because they didn't have family close by um, to be able to not have to pay for child care. So they both worked. So they both had all of the income. They simply chose to live off of less. Um, another option might be to be debt free. What would your budget look like and how could you clear up your budget? If your revolving debt didn't exist. And when I say revolving debt, I mean student loans, credit cards, um, store cards, um, ideally car payments as well. If none of that existed, how much extra room would be in your budget? So could you minimize your debt and have less money? that you need to make to either afford the childcare, if that's what you want to do, or afford to stay home. Um, another option is to work part-time. Um, this is what we did. I have always known that I was not going to work full-time when I had my kiddo, but I've also always known that being a full-time stay-at-home parent was not in the cards for me. Um, having the couple of hours a day to interact with other adults is huge for my mental health. So um, that's how we've created our lifestyle, and we prepared for that um, so we could – live with less income, less debt, downsized home, and have my parents be childcare providers when I was working, which is not full time. Like these were all very intentional moves for us because of how I wanted um our early child care years to look like. So whatever choices you make, I ask that you do them with intention. I encourage you to do them with intention. So you if you if you're choosing to work, that you're choosing that intentionally, not because you feel like you have to, but really because that's what you want to do. Or if you're choosing to send your kiddo to um a traditional child care uh situation do so because you have because you want to uh and not because you have to and i understand that not all situations give us that that freedom of choice um if you're in that position uh i would highly suggest potentially finding a a, a family member a friend maybe a pod uh group of people where you guys can work together to to beat the system that is um 
not helping us to get out of the financial stress that we can be under, um, depending on on our individual place. Um, so here's what I would like to do. It, during the month of November, I'm going to use the uh, hashtag NovemberKnowledge for um, 30 days of child care facts in my Instagram stories. Um, so every day I will uh, present a new fact. Um, if you have uh, something you'd like to share, uh, please use that same Hashtag, again, it's hashtag November knowledge to um, help spread the idea of um, shifting our child care and and helping people be more educated about our different child care resources, choices, um, and and goals um, when it comes to early child care. And goals when it comes to early child care. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. I appreciate your support and listenership more than I can express. I would love to continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at Wanting to Wealthy. Send me a DM with your questions, suggestions, things you are taking from this episode, or things you would love to hear in a future episode. You can show further support by posting a screenshot of yourself listening to the podcast, sharing with a friend, and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support the podcast with a financial contribution, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month over on patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. Patrons receive early access to courses, discounts to programs, live Q&A, and extra unedited audios. My ultimate goal for the Patreon is to start a scholarship fund to help more people access financial education. Again, thank you so much for your support. You are amazing, and I will see you next time.